Hello, my name is Michael Head, and this is the DFTW Podcast. I am so honored that you would take time to listen to this podcast. I believe that this episode is going to help you grow both mentally, spiritually, and physically. If I can do anything for you as you're listening to this, you need to reach out. You can see all my information in the description. And thanks again for listening. Hello and welcome to the DFTW podcast. My name is Michael Head and today I want to just thank you for listening no matter where you're listening from, no matter how you found out about this podcast. The cool thing is I keep hearing about so many people that are sharing this podcast and letting other people know and I just want to say thank you and I love seeing it on Facebook and on Instagram as you guys have a desire just to share the different things that God has put on my heart for others when it comes to mental and spiritual health. So thank you so much for listening and sharing and continue to do that. Just send people the link and I'm very thankful. On today's episode of the DFTW podcast, I want to talk about something that is very um, near and dear to my heart, something that uh, is actually really hard to deal with at times, and that is service dogs. So if you don't know, I actually have a service dog. Her name is Lucy. And Lucy and I have been working together for about two and a half years now, which has just been incredible. And the story behind Lucy is this. Lucy was actually my pet. I got her as a pet, as a puppy. And when I got her, I had no idea that she would end up being with me 24-7 because when I went through what I went through with my mental health and had a complete um, burnout happen, I was diagnosed with PTSD. And in that moment, the people that diagnosed me said, you know, you may want to look into getting a service dog. And I was like, no way that is not happening. There's no way I'm getting a service dog. Do you know what people will think when they see me with a service dog? That was legit my thinking. And they said, well, we think it'd be a really good idea for you because at that time I was uh, having, I was being triggered by everything. I was passing out when triggered. There were a lot of things happening. I was at times hurting myself and just doing things that really having a dog would be able to help with. I mean, becoming very foggy in crowds, uh, not knowing what's going on, um, nervous and scared of men. There's a lot of things were happening that a service dog can help with. And so um, after dropping my pride and talking to a few other people, I decided to take Lucy and have her get trained to be a service dog. And what's crazy is, again, she was my pet. And I had this guilt of like, man, I don't want her to go from this pet to a service dog. I think that's going to gonna mess her up. Those were, those were really, that was really what I was thinking. And then I started to learn that, no, animals really do want a job. And they want purpose with their life. And I know Lucy, who is a golden retriever, uh, absolutely loves hanging out with me. She loves hanging out with anybody. That's the truth. And now she has a purpose. And uh, so the guilt of worried about that is 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 no longer there. And so how it worked was when I went to on-site for the time that I was there, Lucy also went away to get trained. 
And it was about a five to six month training. And at times I would have to, when I was uh, back from Houston or before I left, I actually would go and work with her to make sure that we worked out as a team. And uh, she learned a lot. She went from a pretty crazy golden retriever to somebody who is the most obedient dog that I've truly ever known. <laughs> and so, um, and it's not just about obedience. She actually does daily tasks for me, which I will get into in a little bit. Uh, what's also interesting with a service dog is when I put that vest on Lucy, she knows it's time to work. And when I take the vest off of her at the end of the day, she knows it is time to be a dog. And it's just like us. Whenever we go to work, hope I don't know what you wear at work, but if you put on a uniform or you wear certain clothes, then you know it's it's work time. You get home and you kind of put on your sweatpants and your shorts and you're chilling and uh, it, it's it's different. And so, so just like we know when we're on and off, she knows the same thing. She knows when she's on and at home and she loves the kids. She, she plays outside. She's 100% pet. But when she puts that vest on, she is no longer a pet. And in doing that, there's a few things that, man, I, I just really want to um, educate people on some differences and how to handle uh, dogs in, in public. And if you should bring your dog uh, in public and what that uh, can and can't do to other, to other people. So I just want to start out with, with really teaching through what a service dog is. And a lot of people get confused between a service dog, emotional support dog, and a therapy dog because they are significant differences. They are not the same. And, um, and, and there's different ways to, to look at this. So let me start with, a therapy dog. So a therapy dog is trained to provide comfort and affection to people in like hospitals, uh, retirement homes, nursing homes and schools. Like when things when when bad things happen to bring these therapy dogs in who can facilitate like comfort and affection because because they've they've shown that spending time with these therapy dogs can lower blood pressure, heart rate, reduce anxiety and increase like your endorphins and oxytocin like crazy. I mean that's really any dog. Um that, I'm not saying any dog's a therapy dog, but dogs really do help people. Really animals can really help some people with uh with with how they're feeling and Therapy dogs, listen, you need to understand this. Therapy dogs do not have to be trained to perform specific tasks like a service dog. You're going to hear that a lot to be able to perform certain tasks like a service dog. So you may ask yourself, well, man, I want to go help. I want to take my dog to the hospital. I want to take my dog to nursing homes and and to help people. And so here's a few things. Um, not all dogs are good candidates to be therapy dogs. Not all dogs are good candidates to be ESA, emotional support animals, or service dogs. Um, they have to be, therapy dogs need to be calm, uh, need to be affectionate and friendly to strangers, and they need to be obedient. And uh, and they need to be willing to have them trained. Um, it's It's a big deal. It's a big deal to get these animals trained. You cannot just take your dog to the hospital because you really could hurt yourself or more importantly, somebody else. You've got to socialize your dog with other dogs. You've got uh, your dog has, again, have to be complete obedience trained um, to where if you throw a, a bone or a ball in front of your dog and until you say go, um, it's it's going to stay there and wait for your command and 
And you also need to register your dog to be a therapy dog with a national registry for therapy dogs. So uh, again, that's a therapy dog. In the very end of this podcast, we're going to have a test and we're going to see how you do at the end of this. The next level of dog is, um, or not next level, but the next I want to talk about is the ESA, emotional support animal. And so many people have an emotional support animal or they call their dog an ESA dog for whatever reason. And so I want to talk about what an emotional support animal is because a lot of people don't know what this is. Again, this is a massive difference between a service dog, which is Lucy, an emotional support animal and a therapy dog. These are three completely different um, types of dogs to be trained. So an emotional support animal provides their owners with these therapeutic benefits through companionship. Emotional support dogs, uh, Hey guys, I just want to take a second in the middle of this podcast and remind you that you are not alone. Or maybe you have a loved one that is feeling alone and maybe they're dealing with anxiety, depression, or something is just not right. I want you to know that I would love to work with you or a loved one who is struggling. Please go to nextstepcoach.org and I would love for you to fill out an application and start your healing process today. They provide comfort. They're a calming presence in their company. Emotional support dogs, listen, do not have access to all public areas. And I know I just said that and somebody may have an emotional support animal and you just got real mad. You turned it off. You're upset. And um, I'm, I'm sorry that that upset you. But the truth is you bringing your untrained pet into a public area setting with somebody with a service dog who needs that dog to perform a certain task is actually hurting the service dog and the owner because praise the Lord, I'm not blind. But if I was blind and I had my service dog helping me get around and somebody brings their emotional support animal and that animal starts to bark or starts to lunge or uh, whatever that is in front of my dog, that can really hurt the owner. And it's, it's super dangerous. Look, I, I know you love your pet and it makes you feel good. And I, and I totally understand that, but please, please be careful. Please be very careful. Also, if, if, uh, if, if your dog is not, is not trained and your dog is not, uh, housebroken, then please don't bring your dog in public. Cause here's what's happening. You are actually giving service animals a bad name. You're actually hurting people who have a service animal who who that dog has been specifically trained to do tasks for their owner, and so we've got to be careful. There, there is some there is a great thing that emotional support animals help, and maybe you don't know this, but there's housing authorities um, that can can help you to if if you know they have the the you got to pay a certain fee for a pet if you have an ESA and that has been prescribed by your doctor, then you can actually uh, not worry about paying that fee, which is which is awesome. And there are people that have abused that over the years. So many, again, many think that the support, emotional support animal and service dogs are the same, but they are very, very different. A service dog, again, is trained to do specific tasks or functions for their owner that has a physical, intellectual, emotional, 
mental disability. And an emotional support animal serves as more of a companion for the owner. A service dog may be able to provide the comfort of an emotional support animal, but has been trained to complete tasks that a support dog will not. Again, service dogs are usually needed more frequently as they help the owner with physical tasks and they are offered legal protection. Again, this is service animals. They are offered legal protection through the Americans with Disabilities Act, the ADA, that emotional support animals don't. You can take a service dog anywhere, anywhere, and legally they cannot be denied access. An emotional support dog, on the other hand, doesn't share that same legal protection. It's important to understand that if you have an emotional support dog, that you may not be allowed, like I said earlier, into areas that a service dog can't. So I've broken down what a therapy dog is. I've talked about what an emotional support dog is. And let me just kind of give you some details of what a service dog is. And you've heard it over and over again as I've as I've talked, but it is trained to help people with disabilities such as uh, visual impairments, mental illness, seizure disorders, and diabetes. And the option to use a service dog is, again, like I said earlier, protected under the ADA and local governments. According to the ADA, please know that service animals are working animals and not pets. Again, they are working. They've been specifically trained to perform specific tasks to the person's disability. I mean, for example, if you're diabetic, you may have a dog who can detect when your blood sugar is high. If you're blind, the dog can help you to be able to get around. If you, like myself, maybe you, you, you've you got PTSD and have uh, been known to pass out and are triggered by hard things and can't function it in, in certain times, then that's where the dog can help you. Here's Here's what I know about service dogs. They have to be on a leash at all times they have to have a vest on again they don't have to have a vest on but it's good to identify your dog uh with with a vest it's it's super important um they have to work for the individual's disability the dog's got to be controllable and if your dog knows verbal or visual commands it is massive for for lucy i can i can both make noises i've also uh i've got a collar on her that will beep if i need her to do certain things she knows exactly what those beeps mean she knows what the what the hand movements mean she knows what the noises i do with my mouth mean i mean sit stay come down and heal are important to a service dog they've got to be housebroken they can't be peeing inside wherever you are i mean lucy can literally go if needed all day inside and never go to the bathroom until i take her outside that's what a service dog is trained to do they are trained to uh, behave in all situations and um, they must be able to complete tasks that you are unable to complete yourself. And there's two laws to keep in mind with service dogs is that number one, they have to be allowed into businesses and it is illegal for a business to ask me about my disability. It's also illegal for them to say, you can't bring that dog in here. However, they can ask if the pet is required to do something for your disability. And what is that task, which is, totally cool. Uh, another thing that's against the law is acting like you have a disability when really you're fine. That is against the law and it's just wrong. And a few things to to let people know about of how, what to do around 
service dogs is is number one, um, it's okay to look at them. <laughs> I've been in some places, people are like, oh, I can't look at your dog. I'm like, no, you can you can definitely look at my dog. And uh, what's funny is some what, what you'll notice again is is some there's some dogs that people bring into public because they have just bought a vest and they've put it on them. I've actually talked to somebody or I heard a conversation a few days ago that somebody was saying, man, I spent 80 bucks, got a vest. Now I can bring my dog anywhere. And that is, that's truly awful because you, you, number one, um, (laughs) you, you, you are putting yourself, you're putting others in risk by bringing your dog, uh, anywhere with you because you just want to have your dog with you. Look, the truth is with me, it is a, daily battle to decide to bring my dog with me. It's not, I know a lot of people, oh, you get to bring your dog. It's so great. And, 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 and I understand that and I get that and that's fine. But the truth is it's really hard. It's really hard to make that decision every day to bring her with me. Cause here's what it is. It's a constant reminder that I don't have it all together. And that reminder actually is a good thing. Because for so long, I lived on this earth doing life like I had ever, it all together. And having Lucy with me helps to kind of bring me back to reality like none of us have it all together. And bringing her with me, yes, it's, it's good, but it's almost like having another child. It's actually a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And, and especially when, when people are looking at you, they may see you like, man, what's wrong with that guy? He looks, he looks normal, <laughs> whatever normal is. But we never know what's going on with people. And honestly, when we reach down to pet the dog when it's working is also a huge no-no. I mean, what if I came to your place of business where you're working and went to pet you all the time? That's weird. Uh, But what we need to do, it's okay to look at the dogs, but as far as petting them, you need to ask the owner first. That's important because if you just go up and pet the dog, a few things may happen. That dog may bite you because the dog is protecting somebody. I know that with me and Lucy, uh, she knew that in the beginning of everything that I went through, that men were a huge trigger. And if you would come up to me as a man and pet her, that wouldn't have been a good idea. Uh, If you come up and push me, that's not a good idea because Lucy knows that she uh, was trained to protect. She was also trained to ground and she was also trained to do a few other things, which I will get into in a second. But going up and petting a service dog, please ask permission first. What's interesting is that kids are better than this than adults. I've had an adult one time come and try to pick up Lucy, and uh, that wasn't a good situation. Just ask first. And most of the time for, for Lucy, I will just say free, and she will be good to go, and um, it's it's all good. Or just say Hey, I would love to, uh, what does she do for you? I mean, that's totally cool too. It doesn't bother people. It doesn't bother me. How does she help you? I love to tell that story. It's, it's really, really cool to tell that story of the different things that Lucy does for me. And here's, here's what Lucy, um, what's great is Lucy is, is kind of bored now with me because praise the Lord, I've, I've been able to overcome so many different things in my life. Uh, so when I first got Lucy, like I said earlier, I used to kind of, I not kind of, I would pass out if I had a large enough trigger that would happen. I mean, and she, what she does when I pass out, she circles around me, she licks my face and she barks, uh, at me and sits in my lap or lays on top of me. Um, and also there were times when I would pass out that my pain was so high, I would start to hit myself because when I would pass out from being triggered, it would bring back horrible childhood memories. And that's how high my pain was. And I would hit myself and she will grab my fist uh, or my hand and and not let me do that, which is seriously 
amazing. If if I passed out in a public place, uh, she would actually make sure that nobody would come up and help me. And she knows to pull me out of the public space to the outside world uh, into where there's fresh air. Um, she knows that for me, going outside is the best place for me to go and to not let anybody really, really touch me because because I will come back. Uh, I, I will <laughs> not be passed out forever, hopefully. So so she used to help with that. And I say used to because truly that hasn't happened in quite some time, praise the Lord. Uh, she used to help me in large crowds where she would lean up against my legs in large crowds. I can either say or do something with my hands to put her in the back or the front. Um, and she knows to she knows what to do for that situation. Also, when I used to have panic attacks, she had the ability to jump on the bed. I'm sorry, when I would have night terrors, she would jump on the bed and help to help to uh, wake me up as as needed if I was having a night terror at night. Those those would happen quite a bit. And and again, all these things are for grounding and bringing me or people back to the here and now, which is so important because when people are having a panic attack or people um, lose conscious because of of being triggered for whatever reason. What we want to do is bring them back to the here and now. You know, we want to let them know, like use their senses to be able to um, see, to hear, to feel, to taste, to touch. And that's what Lucy does in those moments. I mean, she is she is zoned in and she is 100% helping to ground me. Even at times when I've been in therapy sessions, um, she knows that I get super sad about, you know, dealing, uh, you know, doing, doing my EMDR work or, uh, brain spotting, whatever it may be. Those are different types of therapy that I've done where she, she notices that I'm, I'm kind of upset and man, she will come and lay at my feet. She will put her paw up on my, my leg. She will lick my hands. And it's, what's interesting is sometimes I'm visiting with other people and they are getting sad or upset. She will go to those people and lay at their feet and be there for them. It's really, really, really cool. And so there's a lot of different things that Lucy does for me. I'm probably missing quite a few things, but here's the deal. The main reason for this is to educate people on how to be around service dogs. Um, it's 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 a great thing whenever a service dog is helping a human. And I know that a lot of people love their animals and they want them to be with them all day long. But please remember when you are doing that and your dog is not been, your dog is not a trained service dog and your your medical doctor has not given a prescription for you to have this dog, then I would encourage you leave the dog at home, leave the dog at home. And maybe you see a lot of dogs at the airport and you see in these things, uh, a few things to look for with these these animals are are they on the left? All service dogs are trained to walk on the left side of the of the owner. They're also um, not focused on anything else but their owner. They don't even notice other dogs. They don't bark. They don't pee. <laughs> well, they pee, but not in public. And they and and they're super trained dogs. Now they're still dogs. Now Lucy has has made some crazy mistakes before, and and has and she's still a dog. She's not you know perfect all the time, but she's perfect most of the time while in public. And so. Man, I say that. I, I hope this is encouraging. I hope this helps out. I hope that this has been informative. If you have any questions, man, reach out to me. I'm super easy to find on Facebook and Instagram. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, Lucy actually has 
on Instagram. If, if you like to follow her, it's uh, at service dog Lucy and you can follow her on Instagram. Um, and uh, it's, it's fun to do that. Also know this, you know, a lot of times, like I was saying earlier, I have a dog with me and I, and I consciously have to make an effort to bring her and realize it doesn't matter what other people think. It doesn't matter what other people may say, and it's okay not to have it all together. And that's what I encourage you with today. It doesn't matter what other people think. It's actually none of your business. It doesn't matter uh, what other people may feel about you. And it's okay not to have it all together. It's okay. Because guess what? None of us do. And if we did, we would have no need for Jesus Christ. We all walk with a limp. Every single one of us. And that's something that a good leader friend of mine, Jeff Lovingood, always says is we all walk with a limp. Nobody has it together. Man, I just absolutely love that. And so I hope that today this has been encouraging. I hope it's been informative. Uh, I would share this with people so that they can understand the differences. And again, if you have any questions, let me know. Look forward to, to hearing from you and helping you. I hope you have an amazing day. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. And we'll see you right here next time on the DFTW podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. If this podcast brought you any value, it would mean so much to me if you could go and leave a five-star review and just in the description of it, what were your takeaways from this episode? And please remember, if I can do anything for you or for a loved one, for someone that you care about, please reach out. You can go to nextstepcoach.org. You can fill out the short application so that we can work together. It's a true investment in your life and an investment that will change the direction that you are headed. Thanks again.